0: D20 Radio, your gamers 20 radiocom
1: Hey guys, this is Josh Massey, former league owner of the Pokemasters of Fargo, current league owner of the Pokemasters of Corpus Christi, and I dig the underground. all of the very best Pokemon news and views this side of Twist Mountain. I'm Nateel
0: And I'm Sam. For today's broadcast, we'll catch you up on Pokemon news, take a look at some strange Pokemon attacks, and highlight the origin of the evolutions. So sit back, relax, and give your Radio Rotome what it wants. So, it is episode number 42 this week, and you know, just just saying don't panic, you know, and remember to bring your towel.
1: If you've got your towel, everything's fine. We're, we've, we've hit episode 42, but I promise that this is not going to be the end of the world. Indeed. <laughs> Despite the fact that Regionals is in three weeks.
0: I know, right? Regionals is coming up super fast, and I don't know, it's been a little tough for me this last week, but I'm going to start breeding these Pokemon. I think I've got What's going on? Going on for these because it's only three weeks away, and that's intense. Oh God! <sighs> I don't we'll, know if I'm gonna finish. <laughs> we'll we'll get it done. We'll get it done. We will. Don't don't panic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at panicking, though. Sam, where's <laughs> <is> my towel? <laughs> <sighs> no! It's everything's gonna be fine. Regionals is going to be awesome. Uh, when I was at when we were at Pokemon League last week, I was also told by one of our league goers, a great guy named Dan, who said that Madison, Wisconsin, is also a really fun place to just be at, too. I mean, it's a really fun city. He told us that, you know, that Friday evening, if we can if we can swing it, to just kind of go out and hang out and just explore downtown, because apparently it's a really great city down there, too. So That
1: scares me a little.
0: Well, you and I would <laughs> be hanging out together. Mitch and Richard, though, you know, I don't know what they would do. They'd probably be doing some shenanigans and being all like, yeah, with Madison, we're going to be, I don't know, Richard and Mitch. <laughs> and shenanigan Yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Um it was kind of a big week at League this week, though. Like, I know we talk about League every week, but that's because that's one of the major things that Sam and I do every week in
0: Pokémon. Yes. But, yeah, it was huge. I mean, there were, everybody was there. I mean, we had the room just packed with people. There were a lot of things going on. We had a double points week because our poor abilities tournament didn't quite happen. I mean,
1: oh, it was so sad. I I wanted to build a team for it. I really did, but with regionals coming up, I've been so hardcore focused on trying to get this regionals team
0: put together. Ah, uh,
1: and just yeah,
0: we did have yeah. two people with teams though. Yeah, we did. We uh, Adam and Mac both had teams ready for this tournament, and I thought that was pretty awesome. I don't know. It seemed like it was a very it was a very niche thing that we did, I think, and probably shouldn't do something that specific again in the near future, but you know, still, it was it was a good idea. It was. So, live and learn. Yeah. And you know, I did build the team on Showdown, so I still totally want to build that team because I the team that I made was brutal. <laughs> So, you know, you and I should totally breed that team up when we have some time and then just go at it. Because, I mean, it's it's a tournament with abilities that are all related to electricity. And, you know, I thought it was really awesome. But you, I mean, you are the electric type master here. (laughs) I I try to be. (laughs) So, you know, I don't know
1: it was It was really fun, and you know we're I'm a little disappointed that it didn't like take off as much as we wanted it to, but it was sort of a short notice thing, and it was really, really constrictive, like much more restrictive than the last tournament that we ran in honor of a season That's- and You know, so it it didn't quite work out that well. But that's okay, because next week is the Elite Four tournament for our league this season. And this one's going to be really exciting, because not only do we have, you know, you and me and Mac that are still going strong, but we've got two new members to our Elite Four that will be making their debuts next week.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. And I'm super excited to see what Adam brings to the table. I've seen the team that he's bred up so far. I think it'd be a lot of fun to battle. I think after the tournament, I'm going to be like, so Adam, I totally want to battle your team. Let's go.
1: (laughs) Right? And last I talked to him, he sounded like he was still making a couple of adjustments to it. Like he was thinking about switching around a couple more Pokemon and things like that. But it's it's looking like it's going to be pretty exciting. And I haven't heard literally almost anything about what Jay ended up deciding on, but we'll we'll see how that works out for him. Both of these guys are on protected status this season, so they've got a chance to sort of get a feel for how it works being on the other side of the table.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it is a whole lot more difficult on the other side of the table. I mean... It really I've, gets taxing. It does. I, you know, I've never been on the other side of the table, but I have fought the teams that people have... Uh, pulled together and I've fought teams that other people have brought to me to challenge me with and you know that f- those first couple of times that you participate in that challenge i mean it it can get pretty tough I mean you're you've just built yourself a monotype team you haven't had a chance to hundred percent play test it yet you know my dragon team when I originally started out with it when I was just an e4 member uh that that took a number of losses because I just did not have a solid plan set together. I just kinda took six dragon type Pokemon in there, well four plus a Gyarados and a I think it was a melodic. Yeah, a Gyarados and Melodic for my two wild cards, and I just kinda let you know, let loose the dogs of war with that. And you know, it, it didn't quite work out as well as I'd planned. So and that's why they get protected status too, so that they can you know, endure that first loss and then kind of have that we, that next month to be able to patch any holes in their, uh, in their plan.
1: Well, yeah, and it's, it's another thing entirely because when you're a challenger in the Elite Four tournament, you have four battles, and then if you're lucky and you do well enough, a fifth one with the champion. When you're an Elite Four member, we're looking at 10, 12 battles in a night, and it's really really intense and taxing and by the time you get to your 9th 10th 11th battle with no break in the middle you start to you know you're not you're not predicting as well anymore you're starting to lose your focus it's really hard to keep that like really strong mental capacity through just this endless barrage of challengers it's it's an experience and it's not something that you can just jump into and be ready to do i mean it like that first my first season was awful i think i lost like maybe i don't even remember i think i maybe won like two battles in my first season and it was hard i could not believe how difficult it was to just get in there and have all these battles one after another bam 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 bam
0: yeah and it's it's not just a challenge for the challengers who have to go up against potentially five different completely different types of teams and you know try and do as well as they possibly can it's a endurance challenge and you have to kind of just sit there and do as best as you can through all those battles in a row without a break and it's just it's it gets really really brutal Yeah
1: yeah it does Well and that's you know the whole VG side of of things that we're looking forward to in the next week. I don't think we have anything major going on for the TCG until next season now, because we had our big
0: electric-themed tournament. Which was intense, by the way. That was a great tournament, had a great turnout, everybody had a lot of fun. I was super thrilled with it, and I'm thinking that the next tournament we're going to be having is going to be a mono-fighting tournament, and we'll just... You know, have people in there hanging out and using cards. Probably all, probably back to gold Soul Silver.
1: That'll be awesome. I have cards from those sets.
0: Maybe I can finally get in on a TCG tournament. Yeah, I would love to see you there too. I mean, I have, <laughs> I have a bunch of cards from the TCG too, but they're mostly the more current sets. Yeah. And I would have to put something else together. It would probably involve a lot of, probably, single-stage evolutions or something like that. I don't have a whole lot of basic fighting-type Pokémon. Well, I don't think there are too many in the first place, but still. You know, other than, like, Groudon EX, which would be banned, because turns out a lot of people don't like fighting decks with EXs in them all the time. (laughs) Um, Other, you know, that... Being aside, you know, it still should be really fun for everybody to participate in. I think they get a strong feel that it's more challenging, that, you know, you're doing something that requires you to think a little more, and everybody has a good time with it.
1: True story. Uh, you, you, you're still building that, uh, your TCG deck for regionals, right? I mean, we, we were talking about regionals, and we got, like, super involved
0: in the video game side, and I didn't even ask. <laughs> Yeah, uh, everything is going pretty well with that deck. Thanks for asking. Um, I tried getting some cards for it last time at League, but uh, the guy who I had asked apparently did not have the cards that he thought he did. He just kind of had me search through his couple tins of cards that he had, and I didn't find anything there couple of the other people at League didn't have them either. I finally talked to somebody at the Paradox League, and he said that he totally had the clink and the clang that I needed.
1: Oh uh-huh, yeah!
0: Yeah, so, you know, that'll be good. And then I'll also be trading for another one of the cards I need while I'm there, too. And... I think that would be it, except for maybe one cosmetic thing that I am... I don't know. It kind of bothers me. I have a Switch, but it's one from Base Set 2. Oh, it's an old Switch. It is an old Switch. I mean, really, really old. And I don't know if they would actually have a problem with it at Regionals, but I'm thinking I kind of want to trade something for another Switch from the more recent sets, just so that I can be like, yep, this is from the entire 2013 season. It's all legit. And then that'll... Have that taken care of, but I think I think I should have everything ready to go for that deck by the time we have to go to regionals.
1: Nice. I'll, I'll have to look through the cards that I have because I might have a more recent switch floating around somewhere. That would be awesome. Oh yeah, stupid TCG
0: making my making my life all spendy money. Well, you know and. Well, Santiago did offer to like, yeah, that's right. Decks, so <laughs> I might know. I might be taking like a super crazy official deck to regionals just to play because
1: one of the guys that uh, comes to our league wants to see how it runs in a in a large tournament setting like that, and he asked if I was interested in running one, and I was like, well, okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, he's you know Santiago. He's probably if not the best, he's one of the best TCG players in our whole area oh, here. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, and, you know, he gets super competitive about this, too. And he originally wanted to go to regionals. I mean, I said, you know, hey, if you want to come to regionals, and he said, well, what, you know, what week is that? And I told him what the date was, and unfortunately, he had to work. Oh, but yeah. But, and, and, you know, that happens. But, um, yeah, he said instead he would like for you to bring a deck with just so that he could see how it runs, you know, what kind of other decks people had, and, you know, I'm thinking he's probably going to uh, let you borrow one of his Dynamotor decks because he knows that you're big into electric Pokemon. So. I really, really am. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be just amazing. So. Almost as amazing as you know and i i was really kind of floored when you know you guys were just like oh we'll we'll get you that because i was like oh well you know i don't know it's i don't know i i was a little touched by it when you guys were just like so uh evolution t-shirt would you like to get one
1: this evolution shirt is like the coolest thing ever so like a, last week last not, not just this past Thursday but the Thursday before t fury had an Eeveelution shirt that is like a play on Dark Side of the Moon. It's it's, a Pink Floyd, it's the Pink Floyd album cover, and it's got uh, a little white Eevee going in on the one side where the light goes into the prism, and then when the light comes out of the prism, it's
0: all of the Eeveelutions. <laughs> it looked very awesome, and I'd been having some financial troubles, so I wasn't sure if I wanted to order it or not, and then you and Ben were just like, so... Uh, let's put down an order for another one. <laughs> it was like, well, it was, it was one of those things where it was like,
1: hey, birthday present. Now I don't have to
0: think about it anymore. <laughs> That's true. So thank you a lot. That's going to be really, really awesome. I have a substantial lack of Pokemon shirts.
1: I have a surprising number of them now. Because I have the other evolution shirt that T-Fury did the previous week where it's, um, it's like a... a an evolution tree sort of like you would see in like a scientific uh, textbook of some sort and it has Eevee as the common ancestor and then Jolteon Vaporeon and um, Flareon on the shirt and then I've got a bunch of Pikachu shirts and then that Pokemon Damacy one
0: <laughs> you've got a lot of Pokemon shirts
1: I have a lot of shirts in general uh, <laughs> being being both a chick and a nerd I really love clothes yeah <laughs> Oh my
0: goodness! I guess uh, I oh, so I just had to ask though, how has I know from last week? You said that you'd been having a lot of trouble, like a lot, a lot of trouble with that, um, with the, with that Amoongus that you need for your team, and has that been going any better? Uh-huh. No. Not really. <laughs> I mean, you spent a lot of time looking for that. Well, Though getting, getting the Amoongus was easy. Like, getting, the, getting right. the Fungus was super easy. Like, I
1: went into the very first place, um, the very first hidden grotto that I went into, there was a Fungus. And I got into a battle with it, and it was female. And I threw the poke, I threw one Ultra Ball at it, and it caught. And then I looked at the ability, and it was Regenerator. So I named it Super Lucky! And I was I was like, yes, this is going to be awesome! And then I started breeding. And we're like, what, four days into this breeding project now? Five days that I've spent breeding? And I've gotten sh- just jack. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. And, uh, like, I was going to talk about this in Halfway Through Viridian Forest later, but I'm just going to do it now because now I've started <laughs> venting and I can't stop. So insert Viridian Forest music here. Listen to Natil Rand. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. I've, I know how breeding for some of those dream world abilities are. I mean, when, well, you traded me one of the Amoongus that you had initially bred up with uh, Regenerator, just because it was kind of one of those tossaways, you know, hey, here's, you know, if you want one of these, you know, trade me One of the Motor Drive Emolga, and I had to sit there and run back and forth for those Emolgas a lot, but (laughs) I've never had quite this much, quite the level of trouble that you have had with this Amoongus with any of my other Dream World Ability Pokémon before.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Amoongus and I are not getting along, and I'm just, like, praying that the other Pokemon that I'm breeding are not going to be this difficult. I don't think most of them will be, because I don't think I'm breeding any other Dreamworld Pokemon. I don't think you are either. I'm fairly certain that Amoongus is the only Dream World Pokemon I have to breed, which, it's it's just, it's so complicated, because this Trick Room team is like I'm because I'm breeding specifically for zero IVs and speed and then I need perfect IVs and sometimes three other stats to be completely satisfied with what I'm doing and that's four stats out of six that I need to be exactly the way I want them and that just hurts me
0: <laughs> that's completely understandable
1: it's, it's hard, and I'm trying really, really hard to make this work, but I am like, I might have to settle for some not-quite-as-perfect Pokémon if I don't get this stuff worked out in time before regionals. I should have started breeding earlier, but I didn't think it was going to take this. I didn't think it was going to take five days to get into Amoongus.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> historically I've had a much better track record with breeding than you have. I think... I don't think for my, no, wait a second, I've got the one, two, at least two of my Pokemon are going to be the Dream World ability ones, so I've got quite a bit of work ahead of me, but I I can, I'm usually a little more relaxed with it, because I get really, really lucky with Pokemon, so... I don't know. Uh, I uh. my my heart goes out to you with that.
1: Yeah, so that's literally like all I've done this week is breed Amoongus, so that's that's all I got left
0: for Chatter. That's well, I don't know. That's <laughs> that Amoongus is going to be a pain. He'll be a
1: beast when I'm done with him.
0: Yes, he will. That Amoongus when he gets all the way back up when he gets out there and he's going to be doing his thing, he's going to be really good. It's that this this whole process is like your trial by fire <laughs> to get this. Once you get him, you're going to be super satisfied with him. But, you know, until then, he's just going to continue to be a terrible jerk. So Yeah, oh well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, the only other thing that i've been up to is i'm trying to look for a frame to put the poster i got in the black and white two pokedex in oh yep i've i don't know i've wanted to frame one of those pokemon posters for a while but i've just never had the wherewithal to i guess and it's a weird size poster too like that's a weird size poster that's gonna be a tough one to frame because I know I was looking at the Hobby Lobby around here, and they had some large poster frames to be able to work with. And I don't know, it, it might work. I mean, I kind of held up the poster against some of these various frames, and, you know, I got a good idea of what I was looking at. It won't be as difficult to work with as, say, like, the cloth map from Skyrim. I mean... Our friend Scott had to use an X-Acto knife and start cutting out a custom frame within the frame for the thing to fit well and, you know, kind of balance itself out in there. But, you know, it's still, though, once, once I get it done, I would like to have this one framed because it's all generations one through five. It'll be there. It'll be framed. It won't have any of the marks from, like, sticky tack or anything on it. I mean, it'll be a really nice poster. True story. So yeah.
1: Awesome. That's it's been a busy week. We talked for forever.
0: I know, right? Good grief! It's... Let's let's give these people some news. Exactly.
1: Alright, well it is time to catch you up on news and as we talked about last week, Sam and I are starting the news segment now with um, underground announcements. And this week we have substantially fewer (laughs) underground announcements. (laughs) Um, Basically, Sam and I had an unusual and unscheduled break last week. Um, So March's doubles Team segment has been postponed until April. What this means for you as listeners is now for, um, between now and our next episode, you can still throw in your suggestions for the three Pokemon that you want to see voted on for April's Double Team. We've had no suggestions yet for this round, so you can give us literally Everything
0: you've got—it's true—and we take any Pokemon, you know, preferably not ones <laughs> that we've already done. But we, we you know, can't, we
1: won't, we won't do ones that we've already done. So
0: yeah, but you know, if you wanted to do something like Girafferig, or you know, I don't know, Garbodor or <laughs> <Lod> forbid <laughs> Love Disk, yeah. So if <laughs> we've you, you want to do already, anything, we've already conquered Dunsparce. So <laughs> yep. So, you know, you want to see anything you want in there, hog anything, you know, just send us the information that you want us to review in an email or send it to us on Twitter or, you know, just get a hold of us and send in your submissions and we will totally look and compile the votes and then we'll have something ready for you guys to decide on for next for the week after.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So send your suggestions. You can do that in one of two ways, honestly. You can send them in an email to the underground mailbag at gmail.com, or you can shoot them at me in a tweet at HotPinkJoystick.
0: The next big, big, big thing that both Natil and I have capitalized on...
1: News!
0: ...is the Pikachu 3DS XL. And that actually came to us in the United States, which was super exciting. And, you know, they you know, it's been hot in news. And if you haven't heard about it yet, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) uh, This has been available to pre-order from both Toys R Us and GameStop for coming up on two weeks now.
1: Yeah, just about. Yeah, Yeah. but with GameStop, you can only get it on the website. Store locations are not taking pre-orders.
0: And you know this will be releasing on March 24th, which will probably be the day of or the day after our when the when the when show the, goes live goes live. But uh, yeah, Toys R Us and GameStop have been uh, being able to pre-order them for a week now. Toys R Us only allows the pre-orders on the website as well. Um, when it comes to pre-orders, you have to pay the full price of these things, which is one hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents Before tax. <laughs> Before tax, and Target and Walmart have also been willing to have also been uh, advertising selling them in their retail chain stores, as well as like Toys R Us and GameStop. They're still getting some in store too, but you can't pre-order them while you're at the stores there, and so you have to. So if you want them, you have to go in on the 24th and actually physically buy them at their locations. Uh, it should be noted that Target is selling the 3DS XL Pikachu version for 159.99 US dollar, and Toys R Us is selling them for 149.99. But again, it's only going to be in the physical store location. You know, there the Pikachu 3DS is a limited time thing, and they're yeah, it's going it's to gonna go
1: be yeah, it's, it's gonna be one of those things where it's uh it's a wall supplies last deal. And when Sam and I were looking at getting ours, we like our our first instinct was to pre-order because we live in Fargo, North Dakota. Okay, we we don't live in New York where there's like 80 WalMarts that we can just run back and forth between. There are three Walmart locations, one uh, Target loc, one Target, two Target locations because there's one out in Moorhead and one Toys R Us, and then two Game Stops, and there are probably a ton of pokemon fans out there and loads of parents with kids that are going to be wanting this system and it was just something where like i didn't want to be out in the stores fighting with parents and kids and lines and stuff so i just pre-ordered mine and i'm excited to have it as soon as it gets here i got my shipping confirmation last night
0: oh really yeah i did (laughs) That's that's amazing. I don't think I've checked my email yet to see if I ever got confirmation on shipping, but still,
1: well, allow me to see where my Pikachu 3ds XL is right this moment. <laughs> because I'm actually kind of interested now. So let's see, let's see where it is. Because I paid for one day shipping.
0: <laughs> yep, and you know, a lot of the people at League Two, they, you know, I know that money can be an option, uh, money is a thing for people when it comes to buying systems like this, you know, comparing their, comparing their, uh, you know, whether, you know, hey, do I want this 3DS XL or hey, do I, you know, not want, do I want to have this here to you know, checking. Do I want. Do I want this badly enough for 200, or do I want to buy. Pay only 150 for it. And I know a lot of people f- from our league were actually going to go to the store and get it. But I know. Well, you've told me for a fact that your store, your GameStop, only got two. And. You know, it's very unlikely that even though Walmart and Target are Walmart and Toys are No, Target and Toys R Us are selling them for. substantially discounted amount that they're even going to be carrying a lot of them. Yeah. And, you know, it's not just we hardcore Pokefans that are actually going to go out and buy them. It's going to be every other kid who has this and it's kind of like a fad thing. And there are a lot of those kids out there, even in Fargo Moorhead, that will buy it and just be like, oh man, a Pikachu 3DS XL. And then they won't, I don't know, I guess... They they may appreciate it. I don't think they'd appreciate it as much as maybe we would, but I don't know. Well, what we're we're getting ours. We are getting ours, yes. All right. So yeah.
1: <laughs> uh up next we've got some Pokedex three D Pro 3D Pro news. Uh, Pokedex 3D Pro users now have access to Meloetta's data, which was distributed in the form of a quiz, which once completed would give the player access to Meloetta's entry. So the password that you need is uh, T-T-Q-A-L-F-H-N. And I believe this is also on uh, Cerebi.net. So like if I talk too fast or whatever, you can check out Cerebi as always for all of the passwords ever.
0: Yep. And... I don't know, Meloetta's data will be pretty nice to see because in the Pokedex Black and White 2 for that came out in a hard copy, it, it did not give any information actually for Meloetta, none at all. I mean, it was kind of one of those things where it was like, so, you can have, this is only available in certain special distributions and it's just like, Nintendo, why would you do this? I, I paid for the information, and you're not giving me all the information. <laughs> but, you know, I'm kind of hoping that, Meloetta's data, that Meloetta, Meloetta's data will work out really well. And, you know, speaking of, and I'm kind of irate that this actually happened, mostly because I paid the full price for it, but the Pokedex 3D Pro is also on sale for 9.99 dollars in North America.
1: Hey, so that's a a pretty decent discount. Normally it's a $15 deal.
0: Yeah, and I think, I don't know, I can't remember exactly how much we said we would want to pay for it, but I think we agreed that maybe $10 was more of a reasonable, reasonable price for this. So, you know, for anybody who was thinking, oh, well, you know, there's the Pokedex 3D Pro. Do I want it? Oh, $15. No, thanks. Well, $10 is probably closer to what it's actually worth. So if you want to pick it up, $10 in the Nintendo online store, and you can download it right to your 3DS and have at it.
1: Other 3DS exclusive news, there is some new stationery available for Swapnote users. Uh, So if you've played Black 2 or White 2 in your 3DS, uh, you can now get stationaries that are featuring different color schemes of Pokemon, Mystery Dungeon, Gates to Infinity.
0: And I don't know, it's it's not anything particularly, you know, eye popping or special. It's a I think it's either a kind of a reddish orange one or a blue one that has the mystery dungeon logo in the bottom. But you know, it's still something that they give out and it'll get it'll get spot passed right to your three D S as soon as you plug in the black the black two or white two. So
1: Yeah, and it's also, uh, you know, it's Pokemon-related, so it's kind of cool. If you like doing swap notes, they're kind of fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, You know, we also have been having a couple of uh, Wi-Fi tournaments that have been coming up, one for us and then one for Japan, because Japan has all the Wi-Fi tournaments ever. Yep. Um, The big one that I guess we should cover, since we don't live in Japan, is that the 2013 International Challenge uh, has been announced to start running... In the end of April, it'll will have a registration from the 12th to the 18th of April, and the actual tournament will take place from the 19th through the 21st. Uh, the usual suspects are going to be banned, you know, the legendary legendary Pokemon. You and know, poor and poor Chatot. And poor Chatot. <laughs> well then, Chatot, yeah, but um. The usual VGC rules will apply too, so you know, don't bring in any unobtainable items, don't bring in any unobtainable Pokemon, hacked Pokemon, you know, just keep it legit and you should be good to go. But yeah, I was kind of surprised that they would have registration running the twelfth through the eighteenth, though, because for anybody who would be well, I suppose it doesn't really matter. You could just wait until after regionals. But, you know, regionals is also taking place that same weekend. And if you were so to lock in your uh, lock in your battle box, you might lock in your team and then you wouldn't be able to use it.
1: Yeah. So so that's well, I'm definitely I don't know if I'll participate in the international challenge or not for 2013. We'll see how regionals goes and how I'm feeling and stuff.
0: Yeah, regionals will definitely be the testing ground for whether or not I participate in the international challenge. Yeah, if I do well, and I'm predicting that I, yeah, I've, I'm I might. I have, I've been having some tutelage from Josh, so you know that always fills me with confidence. But uh, yeah, if it if it goes well, I think I probably will participate in that. Uh, the tournament that's been announced for Japan
1: is the Nico Nico Championships 2013. It's using the, st- the same standard VGC rules, but it's only going to be open to competitors over the age of 18, which is unusual because that is a much higher age group than even the Masters level um, is broken down to in typical Pokémon play. And the other neat thing about this tournament is that the top four participants are actually going to be invited to a real-life tournament in Japan.
0: Which is going to be pretty amazing. I mean, yeah, it's,
1: it's kind of cool. Nico Nico is a kind of is a neat thing. So yeah,
0: the last thing we have in news is kind of a, I don't know, kind of an odd thing. I read it at, I was brought, it was brought to my attention by uh, Natil and I's mutual friend Darren, who told us that the Pokemon Scramble U had some revelations come out about its gameplay. And, you know, it's it's pretty much the same thing as the uh, Pokemon Rumble, where you, had the, you have the little wind-up toys, they run around, they battle Pokemon. You know, it's going to be a whole lot more Pokemon this time around, but still, it's kind of the same thing. They had some timed battles and, you know, some controllable gimmicks. I saw this giant, like, spiked ball that you could roll around the battlefield to start crushing the other Pokemon with. You know, that was cool, but the thing that I saw that kind of made me go, eh, was something that you and I both were kind of meh about. And that's special figurines that are being given out to accompany the game.
1: Yeah. Essentially what's happening is that these little figures are going to be working um, with near field. It's near field
0: communication, right? NFC. Yes.
1: Um, so they're, what they do is they unlock pokemon in the game that are more powerful than the normal pokemon that you would have access to within the game and have different stats um it's it works on the same principle as skylanders for those of you that are familiar with skylanders but while at first i was really upset about this like i was like well this is going to be absolutely ridiculous the last thing that i need is a pokemon themed skylanders eating up all of my money um but the way that they're doing it is a, is different and it's not quite as awful in a lot of respects because these figures aren't required to play the game. They're just kind of like a little additional thing. That's kind of, you know, kitschy and fun.
0: Yeah. So you still can play the game. It's just that this would give you access to like, say a slightly more powerful Pikachu or something. And, you know, if, a slightly more powerful Pikachu is your kind of thing, then you know you can get one. But otherwise, they're you know you don't need them, which is really nice for the people who are just like, well, that's a money sink. Well, even though a Pokemon is a money sink, but still. <laughs>
1: <sighs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's Pokemon Scramble U, and I'm, I'm sure we'll have more details about these figures as we get closer to our release date in the States here, in which figures will be available, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, you know, for now, that wraps up news for this week. Yeah. So let's head over to our main topic, which happens to be this weirdly extended Velociraptor. <laughs> <laughs> After left us with additional musings last week about Pokemon and their often ridiculous moves, because we talked about Tail Whip last time. This week we decided we wanted to talk about the weirdest moves that Pokemon can learn, and, you know, which like- unlikely or perhaps even bizarre Pokemon can learn them.
0: And, you know, when I was looking through this list here, there were some that I kind of glossed over at first, and then I went back to, and I was kind of like, wait, what? These are they've come out with some really awkward moves for Pokemon in the last couple generations. I mean, there are some ones that are some weirdly like super esoteric and you know, it's hard to explain what they do, but there are some out there that are just creepy. And the first one that we looked up here was lick. And this is one that came back way came out way back in first gen and it's been a staple in pokemon forever and ever and ever and you know the the language of the move says the target is licked with a long tongue causing damage it may also leave the target paralyzed
1: yeah and you know so there's some pokemon that it makes sense that can learn this i mean like lick tongue learns it yeah okay that's that makes sense and then you've got like kecleon uh, that the poor chameleon Pokemon that nobody remembers exists. No. <laughs> um, and they, they make sense. But then you've got, you know, Pokemon like uh, Gengar and that can learn it, which is weird. Like, getting licked by a, a ghost
0: tongue is kind of creepy. Well, not only that, but also Muck. And... I mean, he can learn lick. I don't know if my brain could handle getting licked by a giant blob of sludge. You know who
1: else can learn it?
0: Well who's that? Snorlax. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay then. Right? I would right? be afraid he would eat me. That's I, like yeah, that that's that's like eight shades of disturbing. <laughs> I know. But you know, also another weird thing about it is that you're the opponent is licking someone and it's leaving them paralyzed. And it's like, well yeah, but you know, wh- wh- how would they be paralyzed if, oh, wait a second, they're licking them, and then they're so f- distraught over the fact that they just got licked by another Pokemon, and they've got this the saliva all over, that they literally <laughs> paralyze with... Gross! <laughs> yeah, so... Oh,
1: goodness. Okay. Uh, the next one that we're going to talk about is one that like I'm actually like really, really super confused about. Uh, and that's Acid Armor. So, Acid Armor's, like, battle effect is it says that it liquefies the user's body to sharply raise defense. And I, I don't understand it. How does being liquid
0: make you more physically defensive? <laughs> The only thing I could think of was that you was that the pokemon was literally like liquefying their body into like an acid and then you don't want to punch them because you're just going to get burned by the acid. So I, that sort of makes sense to me in a way, but Vaporeon can learn it. And the idea of a Vaporeon liquefying part of its body into acid is just something that I don't I I, I don't understand how that works
1: yeah do not I d I don't I don't know. Well and I then don't. you've and then you've got Meg Cargo that can learn it by breeding, and he's a fire rock type, okay? What? <laughs> he can learn it.
0: Well, no, that's the the ability is Magma Armor. I was like, you know, if he was like shooting like lava out of his pores or something to make a well, he's... super hot armor thing, you know, I would understand that.
1: Yeah, well it it's I don't know,
0: it's super weird. Like I don't I don't get how that works at all. I know, but you know, localization, you know whatever. They they do what they want. So <laughs> One of the weirdest ones for me was Milk Drink and the user it says the user restores its own HP by up to half of its maximum HP and it may also be used in the field to restore HP. But the only Pokémon that can learn this attack as far as I know is Miltank.
1: And it's essentially just drinking its own milk and like i'm i'm not entirely sure that i want to uh think about the implications of this overmuch
0: portable milkers there you go ugh yeah ugh now Drain Punch is another unique attack. I I love the attack, personally. It's one of the very few attacks on this entire list that I've actually used before. And it's a really powerful, competitive attack. I mean, you're able to punch somebody, and, you know, you restore HP based on the amount of damage that you do to the opponent, which is a little weird in and of itself. It's like you're a vampire who drains people's life by punching them. Um, but... Togekiss can learn this. Togekiss doesn't have any hands to punch with. No, he doesn't. So I, 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 I asked Mitch about this, and he said that he's got the little feet. So he's like, so he's, he's kicking, drain kicking. He is drain. Well, I wouldn't even call that kicking. A, a togekiss kicking is something that I can't picture. <laughs> Maybe drain pattering of the feet. <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, uh, Drain Punch. Togekiss can learn it. He can't explain that.
1: Okay, so one, one that I really want to bring up, um, is Worry Seed. <laughs> Worry Seed makes your opponent's Pokemon, your, your opponent Pokemon's ability insomnia. And it's super weird to think about the implications of that because it's like you're throwing this seed at your opponent that like plants in them and makes them unable to sleep.
0: It's, it's like this like in di- this this anxiety inducing drug. That's when I thought about it, I thought of like a seed from like one of the alien sentient plants from a super terrible B movie from the 1970s. And it's just like oh man, it's the return of like the swamp thing or something that's going to totally just make you all kinds of not be able to sleep.
1: Yeah, yeah, true story. Although, uh, there's other moves that, like, affect your opponent's abilities, though. I mean, Worry Seed isn't the only
0: one. Oh, no, 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 no. There are a ton of them that affect abilities. It's just that nobody ever really uses them, because they aren't all that competitively viable in the grand scheme of things.
1: True. Most of the time, they're not.
0: (laughs) Yeah. One of the attacks was Simple Beam, and... This one always made me kind of just tilt my head a little, because it says in the flavor text, the user's mysterious psychic wave changes the target's ability to simple. <laughs> so what the per- what the attacker is doing when they're using simple beam is they're shooting a beam at somebody that empties their head and replaces their ability to function normally with the atta- with the ability simple
1: do, 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 do,
0: and i you know and you know you wouldn't think that it would be too terribly you know effective because you're th- you know obviously you know simple it's not an ability that you see very often it's not like insomnia where it's kind of like well you can't go to sleep now yeah Parade now I can't do anything. Um, but simple actually makes it so that all stat changes double in effectiveness, which is sort of interesting. I mean, it has some really interesting implications there. I'm not sure how simple and, you know, that m- makes itself work. I've, I don't know. There's a lot of really odd questions about this simple beam, which changes a Pokémon's mental capacity, I guess. But, um, yeah, one of the Pokémon that I saw that could learn it was Audino. And I'm sorry, Audino, <laughs> but that could end really very, very badly for you if all of a sudden you're just like, Simple Beam, and all of a sudden the Scissors ability was simple. And it's like, all right, Swords Dance,
1: plus oh, 4 Attack.
0: <laughs> and then the terrible happens. So, yeah... <laughs> so sorry, Adino, but you're just not gonna win that one. I'm that would that that would be an epic fail on such a scale that it would be an epic win is what it would be.
1: Uh, the other one that I want to talk to that relates to abilities, like now that we've talked about uh, two different ones that affect your opponent's ability, I want to talk about role play roleplay yeah roleplay is a move that lets you copy the ability an ability from your opponent oh (laughs) so like as much as i really don't like mr mime okay i really hate mr mime everybody knows i really hate mr mime but (laughs) when he gets his epic troll face on uh suddenly (laughs) roleplay multi-scale from dragonite hi there (laughs) Multi scale
0: oh. Mr. Mime. That would be really, really you know what would Mr. Mime, he could totally copy something like mold breaker, or he could even copy something like I don't know, what's a really crazy billet like flower gift. Oh no. Just, no what he what he needs to do is become a hydration Mr. Mime. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden. All of a sudden. Well, and on a doubles team, like, you could throw him in with one of
1: your Pokémon who you want his ability to match.
0: Well, there you go. Just use rate, Just use one of the moves you're going... or God? Oh, what is that other one? The follow me. Follow me. Use follow me off of a Togekiss right after he uses Drain Pitter of Feet. And <laughs> then you can just have Mr. Mime out there being just like, oh, hi, I want to take your ability. And then he takes the ability. And... I don't know. Something else. Mr. Mime can do some really just trolling sort of things. I almost kind of want to make one. <laughs> just...
1: Oh. Let's let's move away from some of these like ability affecting ones cuz there's there's lots of moves that are also like super crazy that do actual damage. I mean, we've talked about drain punch, but like something that's similar to drain punch. Yeah. Is is horn
0: leech. And I've seen this, this move has been used on me a number of times by Scotty's ridiculous, ridiculous Sawsbuck. I hate that Sawsbuck. I know. That Sawsbuck is terrifying. And it's such a, it's such a good one because it hurts everything. I mean, except for other Ninetales, which you wouldn't even want to bring him out against, which you wouldn't bring out anyway on a sun team because, you know, the chlorophyll is already active. But he can smash the polytoads, he can smash the hippodons, he can smash the uh the tyranitars with that ridiculous horn leech. But the awkward question now that is being posed is how do horns how do horns leech out the opponent's life force?
1: I don't know.
0: That's, like, does it, like, does it, like, pierce them? I don't know. It would be really awkward if uh, suddenly a Sazbuck just gored somebody and (laughs) was just like, I'm gonna eat your life now. But wait a second, that's it. It's gotta be vampires.
1: Oh, Lord, vampire Sazbuck.
0: Yes, vampires, and that's why the Vikings had the horns on their helmets. All the Vikings were vampires, and they used the horn leech. And there you go. And this <laughs> this explains everything, including the ocelots. <laughs> oh,
1: I want to talk about Lear.
0: That's another really, really old move, like way back to Gen 1, when you were just taking out your Bulbasaur versus Blues Charizard, who is a jerk, by the way. But...
1: Yeah, yeah. But it's it's one of those things like Tail Whip, where uh like it's it's just a it's a move that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It says that the opposing team gains or the opposing Oh god, battle effect, the opposing team gains an intimidating leer with sharp eyes. Hmm. Uh, and so it it reduces defense is what it does. But that's got to be, like, one really uncomfortable stare. (laughs) Like, that's the kind of thing where it's like, "Mm,
0: this Pokémon's officially a creeper. Yeah, that's exactly... (laughs) It's a bit of a creeper stare, is what that is. And that's that's just no good. Turns out... (sighs) One of the funnest moves, though, that I found and I used this to huge effect in yellow off of my Meowth, because my Meowth was awesome, was <laughs> Payday. I love Payday! I know, Payday was so awesome, it was a terrible move, <laughs> it didn't do a whole lot of damage. Well, but... but if you were going up against opponents that were like way weaker than you, or that you
1: knew you were strong against, it, like, it didn't matter, you just no, payday at them. <laughs>
0: And it's just like, yay, payday, I get all the coins ever. Coins scattered around everywhere, and all of a sudden I pick up all of the coins. But where, where do the coins come from? I mean... <laughs> I don't know! <laughs> was my Meowth carrying around a little coin case that had a bunch of coins in it, or did he just take the coin off his forehead and throw that? Or, I, I, don't, I don't know where the coin came from.
1: Well, he can't, like, it's not like one of those things where he can just take his coin off his head and throw it because there's more than just the one. And what's weirder is that in 5th uh, gen, Purloin and Leopard can learn it by breeding.
0: Where do they get the coins?
1: Exactly, they don't have a coin on their head. Where are these coins coming from?
0: <laughs> They're part of the Mafia.
1: I don't like it. <laughs> I don't I don't like it.
0: Yeah, so payday. They are it's the cat feline pokemon mafia is what it is. They're throwing coins around everywhere and then they take them all back when they come to collect. Is that's exactly what happens. <laughs> so, reflect type. What is what is reflect type? I don't I don't think I've ever heard of this move. Reflect type makes it so that you reflect your type onto the Pokemon that you're fighting against. So you can just be like, all right, reflect type. Now all of a sudden, this Goldeen is a grass type. And it's like, what? I, I don't understand how this works. And, you know, it could be the great equalizer. It really could. Because you could just be like, all right, guess what? I am a... Oh, what would be a good one for? What would be a good example for this? Um, oh, I've got it. Let's just say the. Let's say you're fighting up. Let's say you're fighting a Blissey, and you've got yourself a. Uh, you've got yourself. I don't know. Like, let's say a Blitzel out there, and, or Zebstrika, I guess. And the Blissey's just like, oh hi, I'm totally using Wish, and I'm totally giving myself all of the defense boosts and health ever, you can just be like, all right, reflect type. And all of a sudden, Blissey is now an electric type. And then you can use Earthquake the very next turn and just absolutely lay waste to that Blissey <clears throat> if you didn't happen to have a fighting move out there. So all of a sudden, Blissey's just like, oh, hi, guess what? Now Earthquake is going to hurt me a lot. So, yeah. I don't know. It's a... It's a interesting move but i don't understand how it works it's sort of like point it's sort of like someone pointing a magic wand and being just like Ha, you're a chicken now and it's like wait what how how does this happen i was that thing was a tree before well now it's a chicken and that's essentially what it is in pokemon all of a sudden hey guess what i'm a gold i'm a sea king nope now you're a now you're a rock type sea king how does that work I don't,
1: I don't know if it's like genetically altering things, but only for a little bit.
0: I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. It would be like, it would be like turning a poor sunflora into a fire type. It's like, how? <laughs> the sunflora would be in a terrible, terrible state right there. You know, I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. It really is. I just looked at it and I was just like, what? Ugh.
1: Oh, oh, goodness. I'm going to talk about one of my favorite moves of all time next. Yeah? <laughs> and
0: that's Rage Powder. Rage Powder is a fun move.
1: So, basically, what Rage Powder says for its battle effect is that the user is scattering a cloud of irritating powder to draw attention to itself so that opponents aim only at the user. Now, on my doubles team, this is like my bread and butter. It's the way that I get my trick my trick room off right away because Amoongus is all like, Rage Powder! <laughs> <laughs> And it's awesome, like true story. It's awesome, but the implications of it is kind of weird because it's like, oh, I'm throwing around this powder and it makes you angry. I, the only way that I can think of that it like makes it work is if like Amoongus is just really a jerk and throws it right at eyes.
0: That would that would suck. Is like that. What that, would. that
1: would be enraging.
0: That would be enraging. I mean, that would be like throwing cayenne pepper into somebody's eyes. That. That alone in and of itself is just, oh man. So apparently, yeah, it be it's like it's like sand attack except you're not actually causing their accuracy to go down. You're just making them really, 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 really angry.
1: Oh, wall. Wow.
0: <laughs> now, speaking of making somebody really, really angry, the move Entrainment is something that can cause a lot of problems for a lot of people, especially if you use it off of the new Dreamworld uh, Durant that came out. And Entrainment is a move that says, The user dances with an odd rhythm that compels the target to mimic it, making the target's ability the same as the user's. So in the case of... So or, it's, it's like it's like the opposite of roleplay. yes. So, in this case with Durant, if you had the dream old one out there, which would be Truant, you could pop him out there and be like, Entrainment, and all of a sudden, your opponent's, I don't know, like Hydreigon, is suddenly now a Truant Hydreigon. That's awful! Which is quite possibly one of the most anger-inducing things that I have ever thought of anybody ever doing to anybody, ever. But, the weird thing about it is that Entrainment says that the user dances In an odd rhythm that compels the target To mimic it And whenever when I thought of that The, ins- the thing that I instantly Thought of was So is Entrainment like The DDR of Pokemon <laughs> I guess maybe <laughs> So I don't know it's sort of like all the, In my mind all of a sudden A DDR machine was just there And all of a sudden the Pokemon were dancing On it and having a grand old time Trying to get the high score Oh,
1: that's that's weird. That's weird. You know what else is weird? What's that? Egg bomb. Egg bomb. Egg bomb. <laughs> there's there's not very many Pokemon that can learn it, and it's 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 weird because it says that a large egg is hurled at the target with maximum force to inflict damage.
0: So they're just throwing eggs at each other.
1: Yeah, which you know, to me says isn't that fairly dangerous to to, the, to to being able to continue your own species if like you're throwing the un, your unborn offspring to inflict damage on your opponents
0: might also explain the cracked open execute that's true though which, <laughs> which makes me sad though i guess when i think of a eggs being hurled at things, I would think like a chicken egg, but I'm sure that, you know, if we think about it, you know, an an, ex, an executor, I mean, he's got some pretty big eggs there that he can maybe toss. So, you know, I, I suppose if you would think about it, you know, it might not be something that would hit you with... Ex, enough force to maybe knock you out cold, but getting hit with, like, an ostrich egg would probably hurt a great deal if it was getting thrown at you with all the force that somebody could muster. True story. So, yeah, Egg Bomb. Uh, seems like a fairly dangerous move. Uh, I'm kind of curious as to how Pokemon evolved to sacrifice their offspring in the hopes that they can totally take out their opponent. Wow. Now... This one I thought of and thought Sharingan from Naruto, and... Okay. <laughs> yeah. Miracle Eye enables a dark-type target to be hit by a psychic-type attack. It also enables an evasive target to be hit. Ah, okay. So it's, it's like, it's like super focus. Yeah, and I was looking at it and just being like, huh, I've... I, keep thinking Sharingan from Naruto. And because magic eyeballs is exactly what this is. It is, it is, it is, um, it is magic eyeball. And you are able to blast a dark type with a psychic type attack, but that's, but other than an evasive target, that's all it does. You can't use it to hit a ghost type with a normal type attack. I think that's something else entirely. No, that was an ability scrappy. But yeah, Miracle Eye enables a dark type target to be hit by a psychic type attack. Very, very, very specific attack. And unless you're planning on going up against, like, the troll, uh, the most trollingest um, stun fisk, the troll fisk, where you're sitting out there in the sandstorm with the bright powder, with double team, with sand veil, and. You're just like, ha ha, ha, ha you're not going to hit me. Then you could use Miracle-Eye to target him and totally take him out. But in any other circumstance, yeah, that's awfully specific. True story.
1: Uh, we're going to end this segment with perhaps the most amusing uh, move that Sam and I came across in this like research thing. And, <laughs> and that is Soak. <laughs> Soak. Soak. Soak is like a less specific Oh, what was that one that we talked about about the the types before? Reflect type. Reflect type, okay. Soak is like a super, super specific reflect type in that it only makes your opponent into a water type Pokemon. Yeah. (laughs) It's the only thing it does. You shoot this, like, special spray of water and it coats your opponent to make it a water type. What? I know, right? So, like, how much sense does that even make? And, like, on top of that, <laughs> you had like the most amusing idea about the implications
0: for this move that I've ever heard about anything ever. <laughs> so, if I were to use, if so, if I were to soak down a Flareon, and this is, it's, it's not like I'm actually like doing anything to the to the Flareon except getting it wet. So if I made him wet, would he become then a water type? And would that make him a Vaporeon? Yes. <laughs> I don't know how to answer this because he's a Flareon and he's only wet. But if he's a Flareon and he gets wet and he's a water type, does that make him a Vaporeon? I'm just like, how what? My my brain broke a little when I thought. <laughs> I love, I love it. 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 We have officially solved the the issue of whether Vaporeons and Flareons and Jolteons and all the other eons can flip back and forth between one another. Yes, they can. You just need to get a Flareon left. <laughs> oh. Just give a Flareon a bath and he becomes a Vaporeon. Done. I love it. <laughs> Use the wrong stone. Soak. That would be a very angry Flareon, though. I can only only imagine it would be like trying to give a cat a bath. (laughs) That's never a good time.
1: True story. All right. Well, let's head over into our next segment. All right.
0: Sounds good. The judges have come back to us now, and we are ready to get our voltage meter jacked up in now our own special five-star rating uh, from iTunes has come back. And we got one from Josh Massey, our good friend from Corpus Christi, Texas. And he wrote into us saying, best podcast ever. You can say that I'm a little biased because Sam and Attil are personal friends of mine. But I can honestly say that of all the Pokemon podcasts I have listened to that their cast is the best. They keep it fun and new every week and keep people involved in all aspects of Pokemon. This is already the best PokeCast and they just get better every week. Keep it up you two. Yay! I know
1: right. Um, So if you would like to leave us a review on iTunes, any five-star review that we get on iTunes, we will include in our Voltage Meter segment. It is probably one of our favorite segments because we like to hear if you guys are enjoying the cast or not. So that's the best way to let us know how we're doing is by going over to iTunes and leaving us a review and a rating. I think this is going to become one of our favorite segments, honestly.
0: We're, oh, totally.
1: We're stopping down for another Stunfisk Used Fly, in which Sam and I are going to share some more stories about when we as Pokemon trainers, or just when Pokemon in general just really badoops it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this week isn't like necessarily something specific about something that's happened to Samurai, but more just like an observation in the
0: TCG world. Yeah... So, remember when we were talking about how the TCG is a money sink? <laughs> yeah. I was looking up on Troll and Toad, which is my usual go-to place for ordering any TCG cards online, and I was, on a whim, I was just like, you know what, I want to know how much Pokemon catchers are. Because they're,
1: they're a good card! I mean, like, they're a legitimately good card that has a lot of use in decks.
0: Yeah, the only problem with that is I looked it up, and I just about had a heart attack from how much they were asking for those things. And, you know, this had come in on Josh asking, you know, what the price of those were, because he wanted to sell his... Turns out, Pokemon Catchers are running right now for $19.49 a piece for the standard version, and $60.99 for the shiny version. What? I know.
1: Who pays pays $60.99 for
0: a single card? You know, there are probably people out there who do it. I mean... And, you know, people have said this to me repeatedly, Mitch being one of the first and foremost of them, that everybody wants to have a deck full of the Full Arts, of the Reverse Hollows, of the Shinies. And it's, you know, one of those kind of things where people will pay out the nose in order to have that deck just to be there and say, hey, guess what, guys, look at me. I've got a deck full of these cards.
1: Uh...
0: And $60 for
1: those, still. Jeez. Can you imagine what it would be like if someone had four of those in their deck? Those four cards right there would be worth $240.
0: Yeah, that's more than what the entire rest of the deck would probably be worth.
1: I I can't even imagine. It's so ridiculous. It's just, uh,
0: Stunfisk Used Fly. Stunfisk Used Fly.
1: We didn't get enough Velociraptor this episode. We we have a couple of suggestions from a couple of the guys that listen to the show on other things that Velociraptor can discuss with us. We thought we'd give him a shot, see what you guys think, see what we think. True story.
0: The first one we got was from our friend Josh again, who wrote in saying, Don't know if this will work, but I was thinking about it a lot last night. What is it about the Pokemon world that makes fatherless children such good Pokemon trainers? No one really knows who any of these kids' fathers are, except the one game where the dad is a gym leader. But why is it that most of the main characters have really little or no mention about their fathers? You know,
1: this is something that, like, I've actually heard talked about before, and there is a theory that is going around about... Um, it's it's essentially a a Pokemon World War theory.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. I had remembered reading about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna I just gotta grab it real quick. I know I had it set up. Okay. So the the general idea is that there's this theory that says that it's it's a really dark look at the Pokemon world. Um, in at least the Kanto region. And it, Josh isn't the only one that's noticed the lack of middle-aged men in the game world um, and fathers in that respect. And the idea is that with with tying in with the lieutenant with lieutenant Surge, Lieutenant Surge is essentially like a survivor of a brutal war. And he mentions that in passing. He sort of he also claims that his Pokémon were the ones that saved his life. And the theory says that other trainers in the gym in his gym were also soldiers in that army, which presumably fought in a war. And in this war, Pokemon were used as weapons. And some fans believe that it was this war that's caused this lack of adult men and that you in this world are the first generation of people in this new peacetime after your fathers and uncles and all of the middle-aged men in the world essentially sacrificed themselves to bring about this era of peace. Hmm. And that's, that's the theory that typically runs around on that one.
0: Yeah, I suppose. That, you know, it's it's unfortunate to think about, but it makes sense. I mean, yeah, because, I mean, Lieutenant Surge is pretty well one of the... Lieutenant Surge, Volkner, you know, they're of the age where that would be about there. But pretty much all of the other, you know, gym leaders and trainers have either been younger or they've been older you know there's
1: or female
0: or female yeah
1: and it's you know it's not such a stretch to think because i mean even in our world women soldiers are not nearly as common as male soldiers and in combat zones there you know there's all that crazy stuff about women in combat zones and things like that going on in in the states right now but that's That's neither here nor there. It's, it's not unreasonable to think that this theory has some sort of merit, because when you're in the overworld, like, there aren't very many just middle-aged men walking around. It's true. And the ones that are there, you know, being the gym leaders and things like that just sort of lends credence to the fact that they probably made it through the war because they are the strongest trainers there are. Yeah. So that's, that's the theory that I have to go with Josh's question there. Sounds good. Mitch also wrote in with a uh, sort of like mini-style philosopher after for us. And essentially what he's he's saying is that the new EX Pokemon TCG cards are so much more powerful than the old ones because the letters are capitalized. Capital EX versus lowercase EX. So does this mean that one has to shout EX at the end of a card's name to properly address the stupid high power level?
0: Yeah, and in s- beef. For everybody else who was thinking it, I know I couldn't have been the only one who thought it. You insert Steve Blum's voice here. So all of a sudden I'm playing my like my Groudon deck and all of a sudden it's like, alright, I've drawn the card. I would like to play Groudon EX <laughs> That is the only appropriate way to declare that you are playing an EX Pokemon from now on ever, is to just shout it in a ridiculously overdramatic voice.
1: I love it. I love it. So, if you guys have a better theory as to why there are so many fatherless children in the Pokemon world, or if you just really, really want to send us a, video, a voice clip of you shouting your favorite EX card, you can do so by sending an email to the underground mailbag at gmail.com. Well, turns out, we're halfway through Viridian Forest again, and I got like three poison Pokemon and no antidote, Sam.
0: Oh man. I, I
1: know, we're, we're completely just up a creek without a paddle here, and
0: not only are we up the creek without a paddle, but apparently Josh has been too. <laughs> yep, and <laughs> Josh actually had something kind of targeted towards you. Uh, he said that Natil can never complain about her Drifloon again,
1: but Don't you lie to me, I can complain about Drifloon all I want to!
0: It's true, I've been in that sort of position before, (laughs) she can complain about it all she wants. But, um, he says that he's been working on a second Dreamworld Nidoran, a male one. Um, this, like all other Dreamworld Pokémon, is harder to come by than a standard ability Pokémon. Yeah. Uh, He says, Nidoran is the only Pokémon that could come out as a male or female, dropping all likelihood of having the perfect Dock spring by 50%. I have been working off and on over the past three and a half weeks to get this stupid thing, and they all suck by my standards. I can't stand this thing. (laughs) I can can see how that would be a really bad issue. (laughs) I know. I mean, I... I've actually bred some Nidorans before when I made my very first like Nidoking King version 1.0. This was way back before there were hidden abilities. So he was like a so he was a poison point 1. But um no this the breeding the Nidorans is a very very difficult thing to do, and if you're trying to get a specific hidden ability on those guys, I can only imagine that it would be very very difficult. Even in addition to that, to be able to get the one you want with the appropriate uh, with the appropriate uh, ability, with the right IVs, with the right nature. I mean, it's and then
1: only just... to discover that it's female.
0: <laughs> oh man. That would that would be brutal. Is what that oh,
1: would be. I'm sorry, Josh. I'm really really sorry. Well, I'll 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 maybe maybe I can find an antidote here for you and we'll get we'll get through the end of this forest.
0: <laughs> so yeah, good luck to you in that endeavor cuz it sounds like you could really use some luck on that right about now. <laughs> So we've just come out of that dark and terrible forest, and we've made it down to Victory Road. And our Victory Road story, again, comes from Josh, who has apparently been having a very active week in Pokémon. He said that in the time between breeding the Obnoxious Nidoran, which we just talked about, I've been working on my Black 2 Pokédex. I have all the fully-evolved Pokémon and just need to get the basic and Stage 1 forms of them all now. Usually, I just breed the fully-evolved Pokémon to do that, but in this instance, I decided that Timber and Rolla were in the same area, and somehow I already had the middle stages of their evolution chain, so I would just hunt them down. The first Pokémon I encountered in the area was a Timber, so I was doing alright so far. Then I encounter my second Pokemon in the area, and it was a Ragin Rolla, but it was no ordinary Roller. This one had some pretty stars circle its body and showed up as an awesome little purple dude. I love my shiny luck, and I'm sorry I can't share it with you guys.
1: I hate you so much, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> a decade of playing these games and no shinies, Not one shiny. Not one Shiny!
0: It's terrible. He does have super ridiculous shiny luck, though.
1: It's true. He really, really does. And, you know, that's awesome. Enjoy your crazy, epic... You shiny, shiny rock and roll up. Yeah. Breathe it, like, you know, level it up, make it pretty. I'll just pout in the corner.
0: I also had a Victory Road story, actually, too, for this one.
1: Ah, oh, yeah! Tell me about your Victory Road!
0: Uh, so I've been getting a lot of tutelage from Josh about how to get the uh, doubles team set up for regionals. And the last time that he and I got together and played, he had brought together a lot of teams that he had just randomly found on the internet and built up so I would have something to practice against. And, you know, that in and of itself was really awesome. And Josh is a really awesome person. So, Uh, But when we were fighting, he actually... Brought in a lot of different ones. I mean, he had some, I think, some trick room out there. He had some, you know, sand starting. You know, he had just a lot of different teams. And my double team actually did pretty well. So, awesome. Yeah, I managed to win about maybe half the battles that I fought, which was a far cry above and beyond what I was expecting to do. And, you know, he helped me out with pointing out a couple of different things that I needed for the team couple of things that maybe I could change. And I'm, like I said earlier in Chatter, I'm thinking that it's pretty good. And I can start, you know, at least breeding them up in the basic form. I still need to figure out what their EVs are going to look like. But that's something I can deal with after I've gotten all of the breeding done ever. True story. So, yeah. Victory Road.
1: Awesome! Well, I'm glad that somebody's having a good time, you know, as I sit here and breed more Amoongus.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. That's alright,
1: that's alright. Let's let's hope and head over and see if Delibirds come by with any mail for us this week. You have new mail.
0: Turns out Delibird had a lot of mail for us. Tons of
1: mail. I don't even know how he carried this bag. It mean, Jeevas. That crash.
0: Then crash.
1: <laughs> all right, so first we've got a uh, an email from Josh, uh, as always. Josh, Josh wrote in all of the things this week.
0: He wrote in all the
1: things. And he starts off with a really, really, like, interesting story, and I'm really excited that we get to uh, share this one with you. He starts off by writing, The Underground saved my life. Well... <laughs> I went to see my family in Minnesota this week for spring break. My wife and I had decided to drive to save a few bucks. From Corpus Christi, Texas to Minneapolis, Minnesota, it's about 22 hours in the car. This trip is always very daunting to me and my wife, but it was so different this time around. We left home at around 7 p.m., and Emily was asleep by 9. What was I to do? Then it dawned on me. I needed to listen to my friends Sam and Nathiel talk about Pokemon for the next 10-ish hours. And I did. I made it until just after 7 a.m. before starting to feel tired and having her drive for a couple hours. You guys kept me awake and alert all night long with your Pokemon awesomeness. So on the way home, you can guess what I did. I made it all the way through the first 22 episodes and was able to squeeze in this week's episode, too. Miss you guys and keep it up. And I already feel like this has happened. I feel like this has happened. But if not, Mewtwo should be entered in into... Mewtwo should be inducted into the Hall of Fame. He is a Pokemon, but he was also an amazing trainer. He was able to make incredible Pokemon with little or no effort. Hacker. (laughs) And knew all of their most powerful attacks with no experience working with those Pokemon. He's also just a boss. Just a thought.
0: Yeah. We might have to think about that one. Oh, it was an awesome letter. I can't believe you listened to
1: so many of the episodes. I know, right? And it's the old episodes. Like, those are the bad episodes. I haven't gone back and listened to one of those episodes in a long time, because the last time I did, I was a little ashamed.
0: (laughs) I went back and listened to the first episode we ever did, and then went back and listened to the first year anniversary one. And I gotta say, the quality has definitely improved, and that was by... In huge part due to your awesome editing skills, too, so
1: I've gotten better at it, and the the sound beds have gotten more exciting and things like that i mean it's we've we've gotten a lot more comfortable with each other and with the idea of talking to each other for so long about Pokemon, so like it's, it's kind of painful to go back and listen to those old episodes. Josh, <laughs> what are you doing?
0: But no, still, thank you for writing that in, and we're glad that we could, you know, make your life a little easier when you were driving all the way from Texas to Minneapolis.
1: True story.
0: Javier writes in with a response to our Philostiraptor, saying that maybe the Pokémon that get Tail Whip are the ones who are willing to play mind games, that's how I assume the move works. A Rhyperior is just faking us out, though not using fake out, obviously, scaring the distortion out of us so that the real beatings and land so that the real beatings land more squarely, while a Psyduck just kind of flails its rear, though not using flail, of course, distracting the foe with thoughts of what just happened? Maybe the reason that only the female side of the Nidoran family can use tail whip is that the females are just naturally more cunning and manipulative, or maybe it is just that their tails come in sooner than the males. There has not been a talking Nidoran yet, though, so who can say? Sensibly Javier.
1: (laughs) I I don't know. Maybe that makes sense. I still don't. I still don't get tail whip.
0: No, I don't get tail whip either.
1: (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. We also had a letter that came in from Justin, who gave us this very large response to our one-year anniversary, and he writes in saying, Hello, Sam and Nathiel. So, I overslept. That is to say, I accidentally missed writing into your one-year anniversary episode. I told myself I was definitely going to not be lazy and write in, but I forgot that it was actually near. So, where to start? I think I dug into the underground, haha, puns, about episode 19 or 20. I'm always on the lookout for new Pokemon podcasts to listen to, and I was doing one of my routine searches when I found you guys. In all honesty, I was a bit iffy when I first found you guys, but I was really intrigued by what you had to say, so I decided to go ahead and stick with the Underground and see where it went. I tweeted about you guys at the time, introducing a few of my fellow Twitter people to give you guys a listen, as well as in, as well as interacted with Kent, who is apparently a good friend of yours. All in all, you guys were a podcast I was looking at with high hopes, and boy was I glad that I gave you guys a chance, because you did not disappoint. My earlier opinion of you vanished. Now, in my opinion, you are one of the best Pokemon podcasts on the internet. Hopefully my opinion means more to you guys, as I run my own Pokemon podcast, and I regularly guested on what is considered to be the number one Pokemon podcast. This is not praise I like lightly give out. I love how you both play Pokemon competitively, but still manage to keep it phrased in a way that non-competitive listeners will still enjoy without the smirks of, that's not how you play Pokemon, or that's too hard, why would anyone make this game so hard to play? Light-hearted, entertaining, and knowledgeable. It's super awesome that you guys dabble in both the TCG and the VG, and are competitive in both aspects. And the fun doesn't even stop there! While competitive play is a big part of your shows, you still have a handle on the more casual aspects of the franchise, such as the movies and the random little tidbits like Pokemon food, regions, etc. You keep it fresh and so and well-rounded so that everyone has something to listen to. I think my favorite part of every episode is when you guys talk about what you're doing in Pokemon. I have a similar segment on my own podcast, Striaton Radio, and that is easily my favorite part of the show. I really enjoy listening to what you people are doing in terms of Pokemon, and the fact that you guys are, actually, are always actually doing something interesting is amazing to me. I'm also really enjoying all this talk about doubles battles. I am firmly rooted in double battling, as I only play single battles periodically, and I'm excited to hear about how you guys do. Double battles are a really cool playstyle and I wish more people were into it. It makes me really happy to hear that you two have decided to venture into that realm and started building your own teams. Hopefully we'll battle someday. Anyways, this is a long email. I'm going to stop here so that you guys have time to talk about something else on your show. You're doing a great job and I can't wait to hear more from you guys. Stay strong and keep on digging. I'm Justin at Justin for the Win on well, Justin FTW on Twitter, the host of Strigent Radio and I dig the underground.
0: That was awesome.
1: That was like one of the most glowing emails we have ever, ever gotten.
0: Yep. So, and I've actually downloaded the more recent episodes of Striaton Radio, so I'm going to be giving that a listen here, probably on my off time later on this afternoon.
1: I think so, too. I really need to listen to more podcasts in general, and Striaton Radio has been on my list forever.
0: Yep. And there are a couple other Pokémon podcasts that I've been wanting to listen to for a while, too. So it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, well, time to get out there and do it. So, you know, and thanks again, Justin, for writing in. We really appreciate it.
1: We also appreciate that you stuck with us as we kind of went through our growing pains in those mid-season. Indeed. (laughs) If you guys would like to share something with us for uh, Delibird's mailbag, all you have to do is send us an email to the underground mailbag at gmail.com. That's how Delibird gets all of that stuff to us, and we would be absolutely thrilled to share anything you guys have to say on our show next time.
0: What kind of Pokemon are you? How do you do the things you do? Share with me your secrets deep inside. What kind of Pokemon are you? Are you learning through and through? And do you have a heart that's true? What kind of Pokémon are you?
1: Yeah. This week's Pokémon Spotlight covers number 133,
0: uh-huh. Eevee. Eevee is a normal-type Pokémon that is the very first evolutionary stage in the life cycle of all of the Evolutions out there. It's really
1: it's this is the first time that we've ever done a not fully evolved Pokemon Spotlight.
0: You know, I think so, because I think the only other one that would have even come close to that distinction is Rotom. But I mean, Rotom is still Rotom. He doesn't evolve.
1: Yeah, he was a single stage, whereas now we've got a Pokemon that has evolutionary stages and we're not talking about any of them. We're talking about where it all starts and it all starts with little, little Eevee. Eevee is this kind of really like adorable mammalian pokemon that has traits of everything from fennec foxes to other canines and felines and some people even will liken it to some uh having some characteristics of rabbits.
0: And you know, one of the most unusual things about Eevee and the fact that, you know, its name is Eevee is that it can it branches out into so many different evolutionary forms. It is the most unique to that extent, because it evolves on based on what its surroundings are. I think in the first couple of games, it stated that the Eevees were particularly rare, because they kept evolving, because their genetic structure was so radically altered. They're, it was so radically different from anything else in any Pokemon, that they just kind of just spontaneously evolved to their surroundings. But now in the more recent Pokedex entries, it says that, you know, it, it tries to shy away from their genetic structure being unstable. And it just says that they just sort of, they take in aspects of their surrounding and evolve to that, which I think is just phenomenal.
1: The other, like, well, and, you know, not only are they completely unique in the way in which they evolve. They have the most evolution... Eevee has the most evolutionary forms of any other Pokemon. It has eight evolutionary forms specifically. And Eevee can evolve into any one of the following Pokemon depending on the circumstances surrounding its evolution. It can evolve into a Flareon, Jolteon, Vaporeon, Espeon, Umbreon, Glaceon, Leafeon, and now the newly announced Sylveon.
0: Who I'm still waiting on trying to figure out the type of. I still say normal.
1: Yeah, we're not going to open that debate right now. This is about Eevee, not Sylveon.
0: <laughs> um, you know, as an Eevee, you know, it it's kind of interest it's kind of unique in that way too, because Eevee learns for the most part normal type attacks. I mean it is very, very firmly rooted in what its type is and what it knows.
1: It can it, learn Shadow Ball though.
0: It can learn Shadow Ball. But you know, it doesn't learn any of the elemental attacks by TM or level up or otherwise that it's fully evolved forms can. Like Or that
1: are even common to other normal type Pokemon.
0: It's true. I mean, you know, you you don't think about it too often, but there are a lot of normal type Pokemon that can learn attacks like Thunderbolts. Or, flank or Thrower. Or even Ice Beam. But none but Eevee can learn none of these. It's up to its evolutionary path in life that determines what kind of moves it can learn.
1: Although it is also unique because it's one of only a handful of Pokemon that have access to uh, two different moves, one of them being Trump Card and the other being Wish.
0: I actually had an Eevee, that new Trump Card.
1: Did you really? I've never done a Trump Card Eevee before.
0: It's it's kind of a, it's, it's an awkward thing to have. I mean, when it comes to Trump Card, if you don't know, if for anybody who don't know it was, how it, who doesn't know how it works. Uh, trump card is a move that can only really be effective in power if it's the last move that you've used. It's the You've used every other move that your Pokemon has already known. And that is both at the same time gimmicky and at the same time potentially pretty effective. I mean, the... There are only a handful of the fully evolved evolutions that could probably accurately use this. I mean, you would not want this trump card, which is a physical attack on a Jolteon, but if you had a Pokemon if you had an evolution or even an Eevee that was more physically oriented, say like Flareon or maybe even, um, or maybe even an Umbreon, you could potentially use that to hit for a relatively hard amount i mean you won't be getting the stab if you've already evolved it but it does have i think a base power of 100 maybe 200 it's something ridiculously high but yeah the trump card is a really interesting move and then wish is just wish i mean everybody knows what it does
1: everybody loves wish it's and the sad thing about like these moves is that even though they're, you know, unique to Eevee and things like that, it doesn't make Eevee competitively viable. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. I, I'm sorry, guys. I Like, Sam and I normally try to talk about, like, how you can make a Pokémon competitively viable in these segments, but with Eevee, it's pretty impossible. She's pretty paper-thin, and she doesn't really have a lot going for her, especially since her moves don't offer her any type coverage, and that's just kind of her shtick. Maybe you could get by with some wish passing in Little Cup.
0: Yeah, but you're not gonna be able to take an Eevee into anything else other than Little Cup. No, and you absolutely should not.
1: But in the Little Cup, you know, maybe as a wish passer it would be pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. One of the big things that I've always that I found out when I was researching Eevee was that the term evolutions was actually a fan-made name to describe Eevee's evolutionary forms and the Pokémon company adopted it. Which is so cool. I it, know.
1: It's something that started off as a just a fan term for what the for what the evolutions of Eevee were and then when po- the Pokémon Stadium 2 official strategy guide came out that's what they were using to officially describe Eevee's
0: evolutions was EVolution. And they've been using it ever since, and, you know, with good reason. I mean, Lucian, it's just such a fantastic name.
1: Eevee's also been featured on a literal boatload of TCG cards.
0: Oh, a boatload.
1: And this is is just Eevee, not including any of the evolutionary forms of this Pokémon. Eevee itself has been featured on 25 TCG cards, two of which are actually still currently tournament legal. Wow. So... That's well, and you know, it doesn't. It makes total sense that there'd be some Eevees that are tournament legal because the EV illusions are like a huge staple in the Pokemon game, and there's so many of them.
0: Oh yeah, totally.
1: And then when you get out of like, we always sort of mention if there's like any big things about a specific Pokemon in the anime, and in the anime, Eevee is a really, really big player because two of the main characters of the anime have had Eevees.
0: Oh, yeah. And those were May, who was present in the, like, Ruby Sapphire Emerald era of the anime. And then Gary Oak, who is Ash's original rival and really, like, the epitome of what, an arri- what a rival was in the anime. And I think didn't... Yeah, if I remember right, that Evie of Gary's actually evolved into an Umbreon.
1: Yes, Um Gary and May's Eevee's both evolved in the anime, but interestingly enough, uh we didn't see either of them evolve on screen. Oh, really? Yeah, it there the first time that an Eevee was evolved on screen was actually in like a little one-off side episode.
0: Oh. Which is Okay. Okay. Yeah,
1: it is a little weird. Yeah. The last thing that I think that we should mention about Eevee, just before we sort of wrap up this discussion, because it kind of, like, wraps up Eevee in a complete nutshell, is this little bit of trivia that I found that says that Eevee is one of only two Pokémon that changes its typing completely when it evolves.
0: Who is the other? (laughs) Azuril. Azuril isn't a water type? No, it's a normal type. What? (laughs) The little Azuril. You know, suddenly a lot of things make a whole lot more sense now because I was fighting Azurils a long time ago and I was trying to smack them with Thunderbolt right in the face and it wasn't doing super effective damage. And I was just like, what is this? Why why aren't you pa- Why aren't you fainting right now? Yeah. So, so okay. For,
1: for some reason, Azuril is a normal type Pokemon that evolves into the water type Meryl and then the water type Azumarill. But Eevee is the only other Pokemon that does that.
0: That's interesting. That really is. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that's Eevee. Yeah, sweet. And it's that time again for Question of the Week. Uh, last week's question was What do you think about the newly announced Pokemon movie, Extreme Speed Genesect Mewtwo's Awakening, now that we have an official trailer? Josh wrote in saying, I really just can't wait to have Mewtwo back in a movie. I liked the last couple movies they had on Cartoon Network, and I think I'll like this one too. It's Pokemon. I almost have to be excited for it.
1: Javier. <laughs> wrote in saying I mostly agree with Nateel I want Mewtwo and done awesomely seeing him in the trailer being awesome awakened something deep within me a desire to see a Pokemon movie that I thought was dead but was only sleeping for the past 11 years waiting for the right time to arise once more at the same time if it is bad this is no idle threat I have the lake trio I will make myself a red chain maybe a GS ball maybe a GS ball 2 while I'm at it and there will be a reckoning (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm actually extremely amused by this entire idea.
0: I, I am too. Uh, this week's question was, uh, what is your favorite battle strategy in the Pokémon video game? This is such a weirdly hard
1: question! I don't even know how you came up with this, Sam, but I was like, I don't even know what to do!
0: Um, I came up with it, actually, because I was doing some more stuff on Pokemon Showdown, and when I was thinking about it, I had to, you know, I was thinking, well, you know, I'm doing this with my team right now. What would I do if I had more knowledge of how to make this work? And my favorite battle strategy in the Pokemon video game to date has to be using gravity to bring opponents down to Earth and use attacks like Blizzard, Hypnosis, and Hurricane with almost unerring accuracy.
1: I can get behind that. You'd been trying really hard to get, like, a a doubles team set up with gravity for a long time.
0: Yeah, I tried to, and it didn't quite work out as I wanted to. I switched out for something else, but the idea is still there. I do want to make gravity work. Someday you will. Someday I will. What's yours? It, mine is like a... I,
1: it's it's sort of a weird thing, I guess. I'm not entirely sure that this counts, but I'm going to go with finding unusual Pokemon and movesets to utterly confuse and perturb my opponents.
0: I can get behind that.
1: <laughs> like, I, I really, really have this thing against Smogon sets. Like, I try really, really hard to use Pokemon that don't utilize... Smogon sets. And it's not because I have like this big vendetta against Smogon or something. I just get really tired of Pokemon trainers who will decide that they want a Charizard and go to Smogon and choose the first set on Smogon's article about Charizard and breathe it to those specific specs. There's no original thought involved. There's no like planning or team synergy or anything like that being thought about and well, I think that Smogon is a great starting point to bounce ideas off of, I think that there are a lot of things that you can do with every single Pokemon that just get thrown under the bus because Smogon didn't think of
0: it. I I can get behind that.
1: So, like, I I spend a lot of my time trying to find really unique and unusual ways to utilize Pokemon that my opponents won't suspect so that they're caught off guard. And, like, the best example I have of this is Tesla. You remember Tesla? Yeah, that's right, you do.
0: (laughs) Well, you tend to use a lot of Pokémon that aren't normally used and bring them up into settings where you would find them in, like, OU battles. And that in and of itself is a useful strategy when it comes to Pokémon battling because if you're not using what everyone else is using, they won't know what to do about it. I mean, like, when I would... When I was... Originally creating what would eventually be my Good Stuff's doubles team, I wanted a a fake-out user, but I also wanted him to be a fast fake-out user. And my choices pretty much boiled down to Ambipom or Persian. And I was just like, well, on paper... Ambipom is technically the better choice for all of these things, but I'm going to go with Persian because nobody will know what to do with Persian and nobody knew what to do with Persian. (laughs) And that in and of itself is something that can be incredibly valuable. I mean, you can catch people off guard and then, you know, put them in a situation where all of a sudden all of their prediction skills don't work.
1: And that's exactly it. Like when you present a, a, an opponent with a pokemon that they are unfamiliar with or a pokemon that they are in- intimately familiar with with a move set that they have no idea where it's coming from it it sets them off and it's sort of like a psychological warfare type thing like when i introduced tesla he was my ultimate revenge killer like 100% the best revenge killer I've ever had. You throw a choice scarf on that thing and between Thunderbolt Flamethrower and Hidden Power Ice, he's set
0: to go. Oh, it was unexpectedly fast. I re- I still remember the first time I ever fought it and I it it had it took me a while to figure out what the deal was with it. Once I figured it out, I was able to predict around it a little more, but that first time that I ever fought it I was just completely taken off guard because it wasn't an OU commonly used Pokemon.
1: But it's so much fun.
0: <laughs> it, it is a lot of fun. It really is.
1: So Sam and I want to hear about your guys' favorite video game strategies. And I don't care if that's, you know, you, you love monotype teams, or you love Trick Room, or you're madly in love with role play i like if, i want we want to hear what your absolute all-time favorite strategy is for building your pokemon teams in the video game and you can let us know by doing one of three things you can bring your discussion to the d20 radio network forums at d20 radio.com backslash forums and discuss this on this episode's forum topic you can write us an email at the underground mailbag at gmail.com. and for this particular question that's probably going to be your best option because your answers might end up being a little bit longer than normal uh, but if you would like to you can always you know send your response to us in tweet format as well you're going to have to pare it down quite a bit but yeah. we'll, we'll 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 accept it you can send your tweets to me at hotpinkjoystick or sam who is at Alexiel Solarin. If you enjoyed today's broadcast, you can find back episodes of The Underground on iTunes or at our website, theundergroundpodcast.wordpress.com. Please subscribe to the show via the iTunes store or directly through the RSS feed on our website. If you like what you hear, leave us a review or a rating on iTunes. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, send them with the nearest deli bird to our mailbag. Or you can just email us at theundergroundmailbag at gmail.com. We'd also love to hear your bumpers. Just record an mp3 of yourself telling us that you, quote, dig the underground and send it in. We'll play it at the top of the next episode. Also, feel free to join our discussions over on the D20 Radio Network Forums at d20radio.com backslash forums.
0: Please join us again next week when we have a very special episode planned. So until next time, Pokefans, remember that our secret base is always open to you if you can find it.
1: The Underground Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons, non commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported license, and is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Pokemon is a registered trademark of Nintendo, Game Freak, Orchids Entertainment, and Wizards of the Coast. Music used in the show comes courtesy of the OC Remix album, The Missing Note Tracks. These songs and thousands more can be found at www.ocremix.org. All original audio, textual, graphical, and video content associated with the Underground Podcast. Are the sole copyright intellectual property of Nathiel Erickson and Samuel Rankin in affiliation with the
0: Happy birthday to you Happy birthday to you Happy birthday dear underground Happy birthday to you
1: Hey guys, I know everybody else just emailed you something, but I wanted to throw this out there Um, my favorite memory Over the past year of The Underground was definitely being able to be a part of your guys' show. Live from KorCon was a blast, and maybe we'll have to do it again someday. Miss you guys.